Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Welcome back to the Lynx Golf Podcast. This is digital editor Al Lunsford with Lynx. Joining me today is my road trip companion, Matt Hahn. He was recently uh, with me on a trip. We drove, I calculated at about 800 miles around the state of South Carolina over the span of four days. Um, Matt was our photographer slash videographer, content creator extraordinaire. Uh, it was great to have him on the trip. Matt, quickly, um, can you introduce yourself and, and uh, briefly describe what it is you do and, and where people can find your work? Yeah, absolutely, Alex. Uh, thanks for having me on. It was a pleasure to go on the, uh, the trip and check out these great spots in South Carolina that we had a chance to, uh, to visit. But I'm Matt Hahn. I'm a freelance uh, photographer, videographer, uh, focusing heavily in the golf space. I come from a golf industry background, was formerly with Top Golf in their corporate office uh, before venturing out on my own on the photography and videography side of things. So uh, if anybody wants to find my work, um, they can find me at hanmat.com. That's H-A-H-N-M-A-T-T.com. Uh, and also on Instagram at matthon17. Uh, also have a Twitter as well with the same handle. So that's where they can find a little bit of my stuff. And a TikTok too. His TikTok is rapidly growing in viewership. How could I forget about the TikTok? Yeah, that's <laughs> a, a necessary evil these days as well. So uh, the TikTok as well at, at Matt Hahn Photo uh, on there. There you go. Well, you can also scroll back through our Links Magazine uh, social feeds as well and see some of the stuff from our trip. Um, you will also see uh, and read about our, our road trip in the next issue, the fall issue 2021 of, of Lynx, uh, special edition there. And before we begin and, and tell you all about our trip and some of the uh, really high quality, great value finds we ended up um, happening upon and in our itinerary there, it's, um, I just wanted to say a quick thank you to some people that uh, helped us along the way. Uh, of course, SCPRT, South Carolina Department of Parks, Recreation, and Tourism in the state of South Carolina. Big thanks. Beautiful state. Obviously, I live here, so maybe I'm a little biased, but um, hopefully Matt thought the same way, being a, a Texas guy himself, slash Philadelphia, I guess. Yep. Um, BMW North America, we, we cruised around the entire time in a brand new BMW X5, which is the nicest car I've ever driven and made it all completely comfortable, easy. It's probably the easiest car I've ever driven to. It basically drove itself. Um, so thanks to BMW, um, all of the state parks we visited, including all of the park managers, specifically Rob Powell, Michael Trotter, John Wells, and Robert Mahoney. Thank you guys. Thanks to Nine Rooftops Marketing. Uh, and thanks to the four golf courses that we played as well which we will go into detail about here. Um, as we begin, uh, we just finished this trip. Like I mentioned, um, it was a Thursday to Sunday deal. 
we had the entire thing mapped out with golf courses to play four different courses. And the impetus of the trip was to play and visit state parks in the area. There are two state parks in South Carolina that actually have golf courses in them of the 47 state parks in SC. Um, so Hickory Knob and Cheraw or Cheraw will probably go back and forth with how we refer to that place. Cause we, I tried to look up the pronunciation, honestly, I can't find it. Um, but I think we kind of both agreed that that was our favorite of the entire trip. So hopefully we're able to correctly, uh, communicate that to everyone listening here. Um, and then we also visited two of the most highly trafficked state parks, I think in South Carolina, uh, and Table Rock and Sesquicentennial, it's a mouthful state park. Um, and since we were near, uh, Columbia and near Clemson, we visited the two largest universities in South Carolina as well. So, um, lots of activities off the golf course too. Let's start with our, our trip. I picked Matt up in Savannah after he had a lovely dinner the night before at Sam Sneed's grill, starting the trip off. Right. Uh, off theme going early. Yep, exactly. And, uh, we had about a four hour drive over to the Western side of South Carolina, McCormick, uh, specifically is the small town kind of near the Georgia, South Carolina border and Hickory knob state resort parks, the only resort state park in South Carolina um, full service. They have a, a restaurant, they have cabins and a lodge and, and they have an 18 hole championship golf course designed by Tom Jackson, who, as a lot of you probably know, is, is well known for his courses in the Carolinas. So let's start there. I mean, uh, what do you think is your, your first impression of, of Hickory knob when we drove up, had ourselves a pro shop hot dog and we're getting ready to go. Yeah. I mean, I think, Full disclosure on my side, I mean, I had only had really experienced the coastal parts of South Carolina uh, before this trip. So I, I didn't really have a frame of reference for what to expect uh, coming into some of these places. And I think the the first thing for me was, you know, just kind of the, the variety of, of kind of elevation change and topog- topography and just kind of the, the setting in general. I mean, it was it was cool to see you know, to kind of set the scene for everybody listening, um, the course sits on a lake there in the park. Uh, so you've got some lakeside views and lakefront views, uh, some of the holes kind of playing alongside, uh, slightly inland from, or even right against, uh, the lake. So, I mean, we started in the clubhouse, uh, you know, having our, our clubhouse meal, hot dog and a bag of chips, uh, kind of looking out the windows and, and kind of getting a glimpse of, some golf holes right on the lake, which I mean, from the get go, gets you excited. Yeah. It was a really cool, like old school type of clubhouse that's been there and hasn't changed. They talked about wanting to, to kind of gut it and open it up a little bit and change it. But, um, it was a nice, like extremely low key vibe to start the entire trip. Like Matt mentioned, um, Hickory knob sits on the Strom Thurmond reservoir. It's a 71,000 acre uh, water reservoir, and, and also known by Lake Thurmond. Um, the course is right there on it. I, we talked about, as we were playing all these places, we talked about what does this remind you of? Um, what are some things, some words that come to mind when you think about this golf course? Um, I remember specifically coming to 
there's a par three on the backside that was kind of tree lined up and and you can see i think you can see the lake from every single hole um which is a very cool um aspect of this course but it it really reminded me of the pacific northwest for some reason um lots of tight tree line holes a lot of variety out there left and right and um but maybe the most you know striking feature of the course was the the amount of elevation change out there was um really surprising to me i guess maybe it shouldn't be it's it's only about 45 minutes from augusta national actually um which is well known for its sweeping elevation change. Uh, and we got a taste of that as well there at Hickory Knob. So tight elevation, those are kind of some, some buzzwords for me. Any, anything else in particular stick out in your mind, Matt? Yeah, I think it, uh, you know, I think on top of that, the elevation thing definitely was, was one that stuck out for me. Some of the par threes playing, you know, way downhill or, you know, some of the approach shots on some of the holes playing way uphill. So adding some variety and some, some different challenge and intrigue there. I think the other thing is, um, you know, it's kind of got some holes that make you think in terms of, uh, the layout and the shot selection. It's not just step up and hit driver, uh, on every hole, the elevation change you play over some hills to maybe what I would call some, you know, blind or semi-blind landing areas. Uh, you kind of got to think about your runouts. You got to think about, you know, kind of some of the shots and, and things you want to leave into some of these holes. So I think that was another, uh, you know, thing that, that kind of stuck out for me, uh, with that, with that golf course, which is kind of the, the variety and it's not your simple, you know, pound driver and, you know, find it and hit it again, type of, uh, type of a place. Definitely. And maybe it, this is something that could help someone on their first round at Hickory Knob because, um, this one in particular of, of all of them, you would really benefit from having some local knowledge that, that I think that was something we, we found ourselves, you know, realizing that it's not a driver off every tee type of golf course. It's only 6,560 yards from the back tees. And at several times we did hit driver off the tee and felt like if I had to go back to the tee right now and, and tee it back up, it's, I'm definitely not using that club. Um, a few lost balls that we felt like shouldn't have been, but they were just not having ever seen or played it before. And like you said, um, a lot of landing areas where you don't know where the ball is going to end up until you try to go look for it. Um, and it's not there some of the time, but, um, really cool. I think my, my favorite hole out there may have been, uh, and there's a lot of good ones. Um, I think number two, just there was something that it's this par five that starts out. You probably hit like a 190 shot, unless you're going to carry it to 60 to 70 off the tee. You've got a 190 shot before you get to this inlet from the lake that juts into the the first part of this par five. From there, um, you set yourself up with an approach wherever wherever you want to leave your your third shot coming into the green. Um, is straight uphill. I mean, at least 50 some feet dead uphill to a green that once we played, it was like, is this, is this the knob? This could be the knob that the hickory knob that we're, we're desperately trying to figure out where that is. But I just thought that hole was just very interesting, very public state park, 
how do we fit a golf hole into this landscape type of deal? Just let's just throw that out there and get, get the quirkiness in right away. Um, so I, I love that hole. It probably wasn't like the most architecturally sound hole in the world, but I thought it was a, a very interesting hole that you're not going to see anywhere else really. Yeah, I would agree with that one. That one's good. I think the other ones that stick out for me, um, 17 was really good. Uh, downhill par three with the lake all along the left-hand side makes you hit, hit a shot there. You can't, can't miss left. Otherwise you're swimming. Uh, and then the, uh, the other one that kind of sticks out, there was a par three on the back nine and I, I should know the whole number here off the top of my head, but it kind of sat up on the hill there after a, after a short par four, but just the way it was situated kind of on the hillside, kind of playing with the, the hillside to your left and the hole on the right, it just framed up really nicely and was, it, I'd say this golf course just felt secluded, you know, all throughout, you felt like you were in a state park. Uh, and, and that hole kind of really captured that feel, um, kind of even off, off the lake and away from the lake. So those two holes, those park threes actually stick out to me. Yeah. But I'm both of those state park golf courses that that's the, the one thing that maybe is the, the best part of playing a, a public course like that is that there is virtually no infrastructure. I mean, you're playing in a park. It's, it's not like there's a bunch of houses out there and people, living there um it's you and the golf course and it's a feel you don't really get a lot of times anywhere much less a public course that you can play for 40 bucks so an underrated aspect of playing golf in a state park is complete seclusion essentially maybe uh, you have to try not to get distracted by a kayaker out on the lake or something but um otherwise it's it's really beautiful um hickory knob was a pleasant way to start our trip, uh, after golf, we had kayaking actually on our agenda. So, um, Rob Ranger, Rob Powell helped us out with a couple of kayaks and, uh, we hit the lake for about an hour or so kind of felt like we had the entire lake to ourselves. I mean, what a, what yeah. a peaceful and enjoyable evening that was. Yeah. I would say it was, uh, one of the cool things about the setup of the park is we actually stayed on, on property. Uh, so, I mean, you can go straight from the golf course, go back and, you know, change out clothes, get your swimsuit on and, uh, you know, transition or, you know, to some of those other park activities. And yet it really did. I think we had the lake pretty much to ourselves for that, that whole afternoon, which was awesome. Um, you know, just going out there on the kayaks. And the cool thing is, is you can kind of kayak around uh, some of the golf holes that you just played. So seeing them from a little different perspective, uh, and, you know, kind of reminiscing back on some of the shots that maybe were, or maybe weren't, uh, from you around. Yeah. Yeah. It's right there. I mean, the course is on the shoreline. So we, we kayaked over and, and maybe, yeah, reminisced a little bit about what we should have done. I think, um, that collectively, I would consider that our warm up round. We were just trying to figure out how to play 72 holes in the next four days. And so we got, we got a good warm up and, and like you mentioned, um, we stayed in the onsite cabins. We actually stayed in the division of, of cabins that had been recently updated. Um, essentially, I mean, you feel like you kind of walked into a, a pretty good Marriott hotel and it was, it was the perfect way to, uh, to stay right there next to the lake. And everything's right there. It's, it's within probably two miles of each other. The golf course 
the boat ramp where we went out to kayak and where we were staying. So it was all super, super convenient. Um, for dinner that evening, we had a, a little hole in the wall place called Michelle's Pizza in downtown McCormick, right near the courthouse. I think both of us probably had eyes bigger than our stomachs a little bit because we housed some cheese, cheesy breadsticks. I had a calzone that I probably could have eaten half of and been totally fine with that. What'd you get? Chicken parm? Yeah, chicken? I had a chicken parm sandwich that was pretty darn good. It, it looked really good. Great sauce. I mean, pizza, pizza sauce is a very like big deal when it, when it comes to how I evaluate a pizza. The sauce has to be good. Excellent, excellent pizza sauce at Michelle's in McCormick. I was gonna say, I definitely agree with that take. It's one of those things <laughs> that like you, you maybe don't notice it if it's if it's you know just okay or so so, but when it's good, man, it it stands out and that place stood out. Absolutely. That wrapped up our Thursday. Um, we retired pretty early and and knew we had a, an early morning ahead of us the next day. Uh, the second course on our agenda was the Walker course at Clemson University, uh, the home of the Clemson Tigers. And that drive was really not that bad from, from Hickory Knob, probably an hour and a half there, if that. Um, we decided to grab some breakfast on the road and so we can get out to the course and uh, had a little time to, to hit on their range. Nice little practice facility. You can see part of the downtown area of the college campus from right there from the course um, and teed off. This, this is a DJ DeVictor design, which is a name I hadn't heard. Um, we had heard that this was a excellent top tier college golf course. They're very proud of ranking number one in the golfer's choice top 25 college golf courses in the country uh, this year in 2021. They were ranked number one, and I think we we quickly realized why that was. Um, my first buzzword for that place was plush. I mean, it was in great, great condition. Yeah, I tell you what, man. If I was a college student at Clemson, uh, I think my game would have been even a little sharper than it was with the with the amount of golf that we played in college too, because that place was that place was in phenomenal condition. Probably one of the best layouts in terms of condition wise that I've seen this year or maybe even in the past year and a half or so uh just traveling around to some places i mean it was in in that good of shape yeah looked like it was a pretty good value for the college students there i mean maybe there's there's some probably cheaper places you could play around but you're not going to play a better public course there in my opinion that's just not having any knowledge of the area but i don't know how it could get much better than than that um nice nice variety in the outward and inward nines the the front nine is more of like a countryside setting and wraps around on itself has, has some good um, variation in its holes, some, some character uh, around it with some, a few barns and, and things. I don't know. kind of just blended right into the, the countryside there and plenty, a- plenty of orange as we found out there's no shortage of things that are the color orange around that entire town, but the golf course too. And then, yeah, the, the back nine was highly touted going into our round. I I mean, we, they told us the ninth hole actually was the hardest hole and it was kind of like a, you'll see why type of deal. No, no descriptors, no sneak peeks out there. Just had to find out for ourselves. And, but 
the back nine, the last five holes all finish uh, right there on Lake Hartwell, uh, which is a big recreational lake uh, just outside of Clemson. And uh, it's all building to the 17th hole, which looks great from the skies. We found out because the, the green and adjacent bunkering is shaped in that iconic tiger paw. So you got the tiger paw 17th par three green, super cool. How else would you describe the experience out there, Matt? Yeah. I mean, I would just say again, um, really interesting kind of landscape and topography to play over the holes fit the land really well. I think they did a great job of kind of using what they had out there. There's some, some holes that play across some like kind of different, I'd say valleys or gorges almost out there where you're hitting some kind of dramatic tee shots, kind of almost playing like Cape holes over, uh, you know, some of the different kind of drop offs and things like that. I think it's got some interesting tee shots with using that elevation. Um, the views from some of the holes were really cool. Uh, just in terms of what you could see around, you know, you alluded to the range and the, Kind of what you're greeted with when you get out of the car in the parking lot there um you're just kind of having views of the area and of clemson and you can see some of the practice facilities and things like that uh, for some of the other other sports um teams at the university uh, but yeah i mean i'd say it's a it's a big boy golf course if you play it from the back tees i mean the men play out there at, at clemson and uh, you know obviously they're a they're a strong program and, and having a facility like that and a place to play on a regular basis i think definitely contributes to that because that place can you know, if you, if you tip it out out there, you're going to have a challenge from those back tees. Oh yeah. I I've never played out or been to uh, Reynolds Lake Oconee, but having seen pictures of, of that place. And I think that was maybe two hours away from, from that golf uh, community and uh, series of courses, but everything I've seen from there gave it, that gave me the same type of feel, especially at the end there. Um, what the really, I think the, the coolest hole for me was, uh, 16, you, you kind of have an elevated spar five tee shot that looks like, you know, you, you almost have to hit this hero all world drive to even make it across another one of those inlets from the lake that, that kind of juts in. It's a force carry over that. It's, it's probably shorter than it looks, but it's a very, um, intimidating, t-ball there this par five both of us hit it and we're like all right no idea where that is let's see if we if we made it if we survived and and yeah i think there was more room than than we realized at the time uh, but the first time we walked up to that hole it was like this is really cool this is a very cool visual um and then going into 17 that was a that last stretch of holes is just phenomenal i thought yes yeah, 16, 17, 18 were great. I mean, the back, the whole back nine was great. Um, not really any, any bad holes out there on that golf course, but, uh, yeah, I would say 16, 17, 18, kind of the ones that you're going to walk away from that, uh, that round really kind of having top of mind. It's going to be, you know, your, your tee shot on 17 playing into that par three that kind of juts out into the lake. Uh, you know, that tee shot that you just talked about on 16 kind of playing down the hill. And then 18, you know, the walk from 17, you know, green to 18 T you kind of have the, the T kind of juts out onto the lake on 18 too. And you're playing over again, another inlet, um, from the lake, uh, that, that, you know, plays back inland, uh, to the 18th fairway. So that, that closing stretch is really good. And the, the views of the lake are again, you know, something that you're going to walk away with top of mind. 
Yeah, talk about saving your best for last. They did definitely did a good job of that. At the recommendation of, of several people we consulted with, uh, we were told that no trip to Tiger Town and Clemson is complete without stopping at uh, the Esso Club, a little dive bar type of place right next to the the football stadium right there. Um, so you're you're in the thick of the the Clemson University atmosphere that. I had never been there, but you hear about that being such a great college town. Would recommend the meat and three. I know you didn't get that, but I really enjoyed my my meat and three vegetable meal. Um, what did what did you eat there? Now I don't even recall. I went with a I think they had a wrap there, which was also very good. They just had a just a great college town. You know, I'd say like local watering hole, but also just like hangout spot. I mean, it was you know. Friday midsummer and that place had plenty of life to it and lots going on in there. And I think it's just, you know, just a great place to go on any day for lunch or late afternoon or happy hour. I mean, that would probably be the spot to go. Yeah. Super good. Make sure you seat yourself. They'll tell you five or 10 times if you, if you didn't know already, but just go in and and find yourself a a seat to pull up around there. Uh, From, from lunch, we had, 40 minutes maybe to uh, Table Rock State Park and Table Rock Mountain there in the the Blue Ridge Mountains uh, of South Carolina. Uh, that I was very much looking forward to that uh, as particularly special place for me because I am getting married next May and having our wedding reception there in Table Rock State Park at uh, they have this old lodge, just wooden and stone features. Uh, gathered from the park and they built this gorgeous lodge with the big bald face table rock mountain in the background so i was looking forward to seeing that view certainly um, but we also had a nice uh little i would say like about two mile uh loop hike set up through the woods it's called the carrick creek trail one cool thing i didn't know until we got there was all the trails start in the same place so no matter what you're you're doing what kind of hike you're going on in, in table rock state park at all at least in that part of the park, they all start in the same place. And I mean, that was really cool. It was, uh, in terms of hikes, you, you saw everything you wanted to see. You saw waterfalls, um, you crossed over different natural creeks. We actually saw a rattlesnake. So keep your eyes peeled. We, we happened upon like a six foot, uh, mature rattlesnake that, was very clear that you did not want to to trifle with him whatsoever, um, but just kind of let let him go on his way and, and continue our hike. It probably took us forty minutes to do the entire thing and wasn't extremely difficult. Uh, wasn't easy either, I would say. But if you want to go on a hike that doesn't suck up your entire day and you feel like any level of hiker can can do this, um, that was a good option. I felt like. What do you what do you think of the experience in the park? Oh, the park was awesome. Again, no expectations on South Carolina landscape. I mean, I had coastal South Carolina in my head coming into this trip, so seeing the mountains and rock formations and things like that that were there, I was, uh, you know, completely surprised. And I'd say pleasantly, pleasantly surprised in terms of what we had there. Uh, in terms of you know the hike, the hike was really cool with the terrain and like some of the you know, they had kind of man-made boardwalks over some of the rock formations and things like that. So you're on a trail, but you can 
uh, you know, kind of walk over some of these, these streams and waterfalls and things like that on these, these boardwalks. And then also even just walk out onto these large rock formations and kind of mess around in the, uh, in the water or anything around there if you wanted to. So that was really cool. Um, was a good little bit of exercise. I think, like you said, a, you know, a little over two mile walk, uh, definitely bring your water, um, not anything too crazy strenuous, but you know, you'll, uh, you'll finish a little, you'll be a little tired when you, when you do finish that one, but, uh, yeah, pretty awesome place. Um, you can do some serious hiking out of there as uh, what we learned. There's, I believe it was like a 76 mile hike that goes from, uh, from there to one of the other parks. And that's something that people do over four or five days, which, uh, sounds like something way more, more serious than what I would get myself into. But, um, again, awesome park, awesome views, really cool. Uh, just kind of landscape and things to to take in out there just while you're going around and doing some of those hikes. Yeah, totally. I mean, the views, you could just, you don't even really have to do anything out there. You can find a place to lay down a, a blanket or something and have a picnic and just stare at that mountain all day. It's just really serene. And um, yeah, it's not something I really knew about either. I'm from North Carolina, so we spent some time in the North Carolina mountains, but not much in South Carolina just beaches for the most part. So yeah, like Matt said, we're seeing a lot of, uh, what the state has to offer outside the main tourist attractions. And it was just very, very cool, um, to see, I think changed our perspective on a lot of stuff. Um, this was probably the most, the most driving we did of any day because we were popping from town to town. So we Clemson up to table rock. And then, uh, where we were staying for the night was in Greenville, South Carolina. Um, which is one of the state's fastest growing cities, very eclectic, a lot going on. Um, lots of places and options on the South Carolina Satisfy Your Thirst Tour uh, trail, which is, is like a, uh, a recommendation of different breweries, distilleries, and, and different places to find a good, uh, good beverage to drink in the state of South Carolina. Uh, so going into the trip, I had located a place called Birds Fly South Ale Project uh, in this um, district of town where you, you definitely wouldn't realize there's about to be this uh, very cool pop-up artsy community of shops. Um, so all, the, all this land had been reclaimed kind of under a bridge near some water towers and there is a, a brewery there attached to the white duck taco shop. Uh, so that seemed like a good place for us to, to get some, uh, refreshment and nourishment after a long day of golf and trail hiking. Um, it was excellent. I mean, the tacos were really, really good. We had a couple beer flights and the drinks were phenomenal and really good atmosphere. Uh, what, what was your takeaway from that little district we were in? Yeah, super cool. A lot, of, a lot to do there. Just cool atmosphere. There was picnic tables outside. They kind of lights hung up and things like that. So um, a lot of people just out there at tables enjoying having flights of beer, having tacos, uh, you know, picking up. It looked like there were some other restaurants and things in that area, too, uh, that we saw as we kind of walked around. So a uh, great spot to kind of just go spend, a, you know, an hour or two in, a, in an evening. Um, beer, I thought was great. The flights we uh, we sampled were awesome. They had some uh, some I'd say some staples, but also some, then some like unique stuff uh, as well. Um, that was also very good. So in the, the taco shop, uh, you want to talk about some unique kind of different options in terms of taco flavors. I think one that 
I had that was probably my favorite was the General Sow's taco. So it had, you know, General Sow's chicken in a taco, uh, you know, mixed with some other uh, different toppings and things like that. But that was that was really good. And uh, a lot of different flavors and different combinations that maybe you wouldn't see in, in other, you know, standard taco shops that uh, I think will make that place uh, memorable if you go and visit. Something for everybody, for sure. I think I had like a a shrimp and a buffalo chicken, some sort of like curry one almost. It's, ah, that place was good. Would highly recommend. 10 out of 10 would recommend. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Stayed over at the uh, the Hilton Garden Inn, Greenville, kind of near the airport uh, for the night. Easy place to, to rest our heads um, before we would head out the next day uh, and go straight from Clemson to rival territory to Columbia, South Carolina, and go visit uh, the home of the Gamecocks, or at least what we thought was the home of the Gamecocks. Um, I had set up, well, I have a, a great friend uh, that I, I worked uh, in Indianapolis with a few years back that, that lives and, and works for the University of South Carolina now, Michael DeBates, shout out uh, to him. Uh, and his friend Tim, they joined us uh, and made a foursome. So we had a different uh, vibe to our round that day. Um, had a little match play going, played some sixes with those guys. Unfortunately, Michael was the the big loser of the day. So uh, everyone got their taste of winning except him, but he was happy to oblige um, at, at dinner and drinks later that evening um, to celebrate. Uh, seeing each other we hadn't seen each other for years so that was a really fun time but um cobblestone park golf club is they they still have the golf house there from the university of south carolina their golf teams uh would hang out and practice there i think in the in recent years uh it's become less of where where they're at and practicing every day because they've built this practice facility that michael showed us that's unreal good right next to the football stadium in downtown Columbia. Um, and you talk about plush. I mean, we, we saw a good golf course at Clemson, but that practice facility at South Carolina was impressive. I mean, that, yeah, I mean they got Zoy- a good deal there going on. Yeah, Zoysia tees and those, you know, three or four different greens for, for chipping, putting, wedge range, variety of targets. You can hit from two different directions on that practice facility. I mean, that place was a playground. I could have spent, I could spend hours out there on a repeat basis. I mean, that place was, was phenomenal. And it sounds like they've got some, maybe some cool plans in the works to, to keep building it out and have things go even further down there uh, in terms of what they have to offer with the team. But yeah, really cool experience to get to see kind of what a, you know, a top tier golf program uses as a practice facility. Yeah, definitely. Um, that was a nice treat after our round, but, um, beforehand and we out at cobblestone, they've got 27 holes PB die design. Um, so your, your Pete die influence there on his son was pretty evident around the course. Uh, we played the, the garnet and the black nines. Um, so they have a different three sets of nines you go out on and, 
Um, I thought it was a really good golf course too. I mean, that we, we had a lot of fun that definitely has some good character. It's more of the residential type of feel golf course. Um, but it was, it was great. I, I particularly liked the Garnet nine or maybe no, sorry, the black nine, the, whatever the second one was we played, I believe it was the black yeah. wrapped around at the clubhouse. Um, some really, really cool holes out there. Uh, that 18th, our 18th would have been the ninth on the black course. This is par five that has a double fairway. You can go on the high side, more of the safe side, uh, or the on the left and or on the right, the low side gives you a, a better chance of getting home in two on this finishing par five over a, a pond. None of us did. Uh, it wasn't our best hole collectively, but uh, a really, really cool looking hole what did what did you see out there at cobblestone that you liked yeah i think again just variety of holes uh and shots uh that 18th that that black nine which was our back nine was was really cool i, I mean the last the last four holes really kind of stick out in my head you had a a short par four uh with kind of some risk reward on the tee shot to try and fly some cross bunkers um up a hill uh, to kind of try and play into a green there, get yourself a better angle. Uh, that was a cool hole. That next par four, again, kind of playing along the water uh, that that sits in the back of the clubhouse was was a neat, unique hole too. Just some cool sight lines, cool visuals. I'd say just variety of holes is is what comes to my mind when uh, when I think about our day out there at Cobblestone. You you had some different par fives, like you talked about with the split fairway. You had some good variety in the fours in terms of you know, some shorter holes, some longer holes, a um, couple risk reward shots that kind of, you know, stick top of mind. Like I talked about there on, like I said, I think it was 15 uh, on that. It was our 15th hole of the day, but it was, um, you know, coming down the stretch there on the black, uh, the black nine. So that's, that's kind of what sticks in my mind. And then uh, on top of that, I mean, getting to check out the, uh, the South Carolina golf house there on property afterwards and just kind of taking a walk down I guess South Carolina golf memory lane is what I'll call it there. They've got all different types of, you know, awards and trophies and things like that from the team, um, from different tournaments in the past, pictures, uh, things like that. So getting to see that and see some of the names that have gone through that program, uh, you know, just kind of helps put context into, you know, some of the, some of the great players that have come through that golf course and have played that place quite a bit. Yeah, and we peeked through the the trees there too. You could see parts of the uh, the course, the nine that we didn't play. Um, I think it was the gold nine um, there, and uh, felt like there's some pretty interesting holes back there too that I, I wish we would have gotten the chance to see. It'd be nice to tackle all 27 in a day. Um, you know, if you really like playing and, and getting out and wanting to go back around after 18, I think. A nice, a nice complimentary nine. Um, if they have the availability to do that out there, would be a, a really good day of golf just to get get your fix in, play all twenty seven in the same day or same weekend. Uh, would have been cool, but but yeah, it, the the golf house there was was nice. I got a ping pong table in there. You could see how these college athletes used to to kick it. We got we saw some some big names. I know you know um, the Brian brothers there that played South Carolina. You're familiar with i think one or two of them and they had all their stuff plastered on the walls because they were such good college players but um very very cool to see uh how what the the life of a college athlete might have been like 
with club golf, did, did you guys have a locker room or, or were you slumming it a little bit out there? We maybe slumming it a little bit more. <laughs> we had, uh, we had access occasionally to a small, what we call the golf room in our, our rec center, our gym at, at Delaware. Uh, that we could go and use, hit some balls inside when it was cold. But we had a good relationship with a local area facility, um, 18-hole course, practice facilities, stuff like that, that we went out and we practiced and played at. So nothing quite like what we saw there with the Gamecocks, but, uh, you know, a little little bit of something to just get a taste of it. But what they've got there in, in Cobblestone and in that practice facility down by the stadium is pretty special. Yeah. After golf, after Cobblestone Park in Columbia, we went to um... – sesquicentennial state park in columbia um a gift uh what was it from the city uh for their 150th anniversary uh which is what sesquicentennial means uh and that was a that was a cool little place we had fishing on the agenda it was probably the hottest day of the week that we decided to go fishing so uh chances were not good from the get-go of us catching anything, maybe got a couple of nibbles, uh, fishing on the banks of, of the lake there. But unfortunately we weren't bringing home any supper from Sesqui that day. Uh, although it was an enjoyable little hour or so that we spent fishing, uh, with Ranger John who couldn't have been a, a better host to us. I mean, that guy was like a historical, like tour guide taught us everything we needed to know about uh sesquicentennial and, and the city of columbia and and more than we could ever need to know about that place so that was really cool to walk around with him the entire day there yeah i think one of the cool things about that park is i mean some of these we kind of had the variety i think in parks we had some that were you know more secluded more out there and and kind of hickory knob and um table rock you know they're they're a little more isolated in terms of location but uh, you know, Sesqui is located 10 or 15 minutes, you know, from downtown Columbia, depending on, on traffic. So being able to go from a city to a park of, I think it was like 1400 acres, I think is, is what he had said to us. Um, yeah, it's pretty big to be able to go from a, a city to that type of a park and, you know, go hike and do all different types of things there. Um, it was pretty cool. And it's, uh, what we learned also is it's a, it's a pretty popular spot. It sounds like for, some RVs and, and campers and things like that on, on game day weekends. Um, they book out as far as I think he said 12 to 18 months in advance for, for some of their campgrounds, uh, with, with game day weekends. So a lot of, a lot of cool things to do in there. Um, sounds like they offer some great programs too, in terms of like, if you want to dabble in some of the camping and, and nature stuff, uh, that they have to offer, but you don't necessarily know how to, uh, you know, start with that, or you don't have the experience. Uh, the rangers there can um, you know, help you do any of those things, whether it's kayaking or you know, fishing or camping. Uh, they can kind of help you, you know, guide you down those paths so that you can try that out with your kids and, and get some more people into that. Yeah, I think people are just naturally curious about some of that kind of stuff that, um, you know, what's it, what is it like going camping and, and building a campfire and doing it all the right way and uh, they had a very good educational um, program and, and and park management system there going on that was really refreshing and and yeah, like you said, it was it's almost like stepping into a different world just right off one of a, a busy subsection of the city uh, as this quiet state park and 
a lot of people out there that day that we were there it was a Saturday and had some cookouts going and people around and yeah, we, we got walked around to some of the, the different parks of the park. They're updating their, some of their RV space. So we'll be a very good resource for people to camp out and entertain and, and be there for, for game day. Like you mentioned, just a, a wonderful option for visitors to the state capital and one of the most, most visited populous cities in South Carolina. Afterwards, uh, we decided to check into our hotel before we went back out for dinner. Um, stayed at a little boutique hotel right in the heart of downtown Columbia called Hotel Trundle, um, which was such a cool vibe to that place. And it's this like a hundred year old warehouse that they've completely redone and converted into a, a boutique hotel. I don't know how many rooms they had, maybe 30 or so, but um, I mean, the, the nicest place we stayed on the trip for sure. And if you're going to go to Columbia and um, take your significant other or um, retire for a night uh, in downtown, I think that was such a great spot. Um, super nice, super convenient to everything and just uh, felt like uh, felt like the right place to stay, I think. Yeah, that place was that place was awesome. I would uh, 100% go back there, um, even if you're. And so even if you're like a South Carolina local, uh, whether, you know, Gamecocks fan or not, um, going through Columbia, I mean, I would say go hit that spot up and, and spend a night there and just check it out. One of the cool things they did when you, when you check in, uh, you get a complimentary, uh, beer, welcome beer, or, uh, when you walk in or, or I think they had canned wine as well and some other different, uh, drinks, but we took, um, we went the beer route, uh, with what they had to offer. And those were really good too. So just kind of a, you know, a nice kind of unexpected way to, to start your, your stay there. Uh, the rooms were super nice, um, after, you know, a couple long days of travel, a nice shower and a really good bed. That is definitely, uh, definitely a plus. Mm-hmm. Recharge the batteries. And yeah, they had taps right behind the, the front desk at the hotel. It's like, all right, this is, this is great. From there, uh, we, we went over to, um, to hit again, another trail in South Carolina is the, uh, SC barbecue trail. Um, a lot of good, good barbecue around the state of South Carolina. Um, so wanted to check off a place from that list as well while we were on our trip. Um, and there were a few spots in Columbia. We went, ended up at the Southern belly, um, which is a really good barbecue sandwich joint. Um, I mean, yeah, it's probably the best barbecue sandwich I've ever had. It was just, delicious and we were the only people there that time too that was kind of kind of cool we had the place to ourselves and ordered a couple sandwiches um our uh our hosts michael and, and tim for the night said you know what we know some cool places around here too maybe we just grab a sandwich here and we'll get some other stuff later so that's what we ended up doing um after barbecue and then taking a, a tour of campus essentially uh we ended up probably a a mile from our hotel in downtown um, at a couple of places that were also recommended to us that they said, yeah, you know what? Those are great. Let's go there. So we ended up at this place called bourbon uh, for some drinks of the namesake Had some old fashions and uh, really good bourbon drinks, pimento cheese, hush puppies, um, good old Southern food right there in downtown. And then walked, you know, less than a block over to this little, 
downstairs below the street uh, dive bar called The Wig. Really, really cool atmosphere there. You could you could find yourself spending a lot of time there on a Saturday evening. Um, I wouldn't say we spent a, a ton of time there, but we had we had a couple drinks, you know, and catching up. It was it was just a a great evening um, shared with the boys there in downtown Columbia, and seemed like there's a lot of stuff going on. I mean, you could go a lot of different directions. There was a band playing outside. Um, we were right right in the thick of it, and it's summer when we're taking the trip, so you can imagine just how active that place would be once the students come back for school. Yeah, I'd say definitely a cool spot that you could use as a, you know, a central point to locate yourself for a golf trip with some other surrounding areas, a lot of cool things to, to do, some nightlife and things to get into. It's, um, it was a good, uh, good experience in Columbia. Totally. Um, but like I said, we, we had an early morning ahead of us. Uh, what was ultimately the earliest of our trip, um, you know, just under two hours to visit the the other state park in South Carolina that has a golf course in it, uh, the aforementioned Cheral. This was actually for me. I had driven through this area of the state uh, on on my way down to the South Carolina coast, coming from North Carolina, um, a, a lot over the years actually, and saw what I thought was this golf course from from the highway from the road view. And so I was telling Matt on our way there um, that, you know, like, I, I don't know if we're, we may not, you know, be feeling this place. I, I, I really don't know what to expect. I'm trying to keep my expectations super, super low. Um, and, you know, who knows? Maybe we'll, we'll be surprised. Um, that turned out to be a great strategy for me because I was so surprised at the quality of golf and the experience we had there at Chiral. Um, it's another Tom Jackson design. And in terms of great value courses and hidden gems that you always hear about, uh, this place is as, as good as they come. And I couldn't recommend it more. Maybe, I don't know how you feel if you echo those sentiments too, but it feels like you enjoyed it as well. Yeah. hundred percent. I mean, that place is, when you talk about value and hidden gems and kind of, you know, that whole genre of, of golf courses, we'll say, I mean, this one is probably top of the top in terms of what I've had a chance to experience in, in that vein. Um, I mean, just it, you, again, just that kind of seclusion state park feel, uh, we went into this with no expectations. We had a early morning round teed off around seven thirty, seven forty-five, and, um, some serious Pinehurst vibes out there uh felt a lot like maybe some of the um some of the other courses at pinehurst and maybe like your seven eight nine type of category of pinehurst but without some of the call it neighborhoods or houses or things out there around it so it just felt like every hole you had kind of the whole place to yourself um the pines the just kind of the the whole vibe out there was really really cool um and just felt like you were getting so much more than you know, maybe I think the peak rate out there is what, like 40 bucks with a cart on a, on a weekend, like 35 even. Yeah. Yeah. So 35 bucks with a cart on a weekend. I mean, you're getting a tremendous experience that is miles above that, I would say. So I, I, 
personally, I, I, yeah, 100% echo your sentiments. If anybody's even close to the area of that place and you're looking for somewhere to go play, or, you know, say even you're in Charlotte area or somewhere around there, I would, I would say it's worth the drive to go and, and check that place out and, you know, just kind of experience everything it has to offer as a golf course. Yeah. About an hour and a half from Charlotte, hour and a half from Columbia, major Pinehurst vibes. You could take that place and, and put it in Pinehurst and it would fit right in. Um, mm-hmm. It is in the sand hills of South Carolina. So it makes sense, but everything you were describing, um, big tall pines, very secluded feel, uh, great character to a lot of holes that one of my favorite holes was the the fourth that had like a, a center line lone tree that, um, of, of course I hit right behind just so I could experience that. And, uh, in my navigating of that hole which ultimately led to a bogey, but enjoyed every second of that. Um, yeah, that it again plays right on a lake. I think that was a big theme of our trip was we were playing all these, well, other than, than cobblestone, it had its own, own lakes within the property, but, um, three of the four courses we played were set on these huge recreational lakes there. And, um, it's, it's a cool, uh, aspect of a, a golf experience. I think to have that right there, gosh, I mean, 17 par three playing right towards that lake was, was super cool. Um, they talked about, you know, there's some trees that are in the background there that said, you know what, maybe we, uh, maybe we get rid of those and, and open it up completely. And that, that would be a cool little look. And then 18 is a really strategic call around the corner. Uh, if you, if you're a righty like me, you got to hit a little draw to put yourself in a good position. Um, if you're a lefty like Matt, you need a cut, but if you hit it straight, you're kind of, kind of screwed unless you hit like a root and the golf gods bring your, your ball back. Like what happened to you and salvage a chance at a, a really good round that you, you had going out there. That was a fun, fun round. Matt's a scratch. So to see somebody just like dialed in and, and having a really good round, that, that was really cool. So, um, we, we thoroughly enjoyed Sherall. And I think that was, that was number one on our trip list. Totally. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, all of them very good, all of them worth a, worth a visit and, and worth checking out in there, uh, you know, by themselves. But um, yeah, that place was, that place was special. I mean, obviously playing well also helps your perception of it. But for me, 17 was really cool. Just a almost kind of like Tahoe feel to it. I haven't been out there to that, you know, that celebrity tournament that they play out there, but it, it kind of has that type of feel and that kind of vibe playing down to the lake there at, at 17. And you know, playing your, your tee shot with it for me as a lefty behind you, uh, kind of to the right on 18 there. Um, a couple other holes, I think worth mentioning that, uh, I, again, don't know the whole number here, unfortunately off the top of my head, but there's a, a dog leg left par four. You can fly your drives over the corner, which we were both successfully able to do. Yeah. Um, I, think, on a, I think 13, that was, that was the 13. number one handicap hole. Cool. Um, okay. Yeah. yeah. So 13 and and then you play into this almost kind of peninsula green from a, from kind of a downslope there. So some really interesting uh, intrigue to that hole. The green's got obviously with it being a peninsula water all the way pretty much around it besides the side that you, you know, you come onto, you walk onto. Um, so bringing again, some of that kind of state park lake type of feel uh, into the golf course was really cool. And then you go from there across this huge bridge across the water. Um, 
that plays into that that previous fall to the next park three and just some cool really again secluded park-like feels it's it's just something that's different than your you know your normal everyday round of golf a little different setting something that's something that kind of you know just takes it to that next level yeah when you talk about parkland layouts like this is a literal parkland layout but um yeah it's just excellent and afterwards we before our our park activity there we uh scooted into town uh i had been recommended this place to me called country kitchen buffet and i knew as soon as we drove up i mean they had a, a drive through line that literally wrapped around this almost like it was like a strip mall type of parking lot and there had to be 10 or 15 cars lined up in the drive-thru. I was like, oh, okay. All right. This place is about to be really good. And it's yep. just a classic uh, hop in line, grab a plate and go through the buffet, uh, grab what you want. I think it was 14 bucks a person, uh, which was uh, the Sunday rate. So I, th- I think we caught a lot of the church crowd, people just finishing up and, and having their Sunday lunch. But if the drive-through and the line we walked in was any indication, I think we were in for some some good eating, and we certainly were. Um, that fried chicken, veggies, we both got the brownie or the uh, chocolate cake. cake. Yeah, oh, so so good. Yeah, that place is your that's your good old Southern town, you know, just community gathering spot. I would even say there. I mean. When you when you know Al says drive through, don't think of like a fast food drive through or anything like that. It's more of like a a window they have in the side of the the building that they use to you know pass food out to anybody that's coming to pick it up. Uh, maybe I don't know if it's call ahead or or how that works, but they were wrapped around the parking lot there to to pick up the food uh, on on a Sunday uh, midday there for lunch. So uh, the fried chicken was that was pretty darn good. Yeah. <laughs> That was on point. Exactly what we needed. Exactly what we were looking for. Cash only if you're going to the country kitchen. Um, can't use card there. So you got to bring some old fashioned dollar bills with you. Um, going Come back. Hungry. Yeah. And cut, do that for sure. Come hungry because you won't leave that way. Um, heading back over to the park afterwards. Uh, they have built in. Uh, this nice little boardwalk that goes right out over the lake, uh, wooden boardwalk. It's in terms of your family, family activities. Uh, that's a good one. If you want to just go on a short stroll, very scenic right on the lake. Um, then you go over this bridge that's, that crosses over, uh, a dam there, uh, at the edge of that lake. Um, just a nice little stroll. They've also got swimming right there and you can do all the same things that, we did at other parks, kayaking and fishing and, and the works, but, um, overall just a, an absolute pleasant surprise that place was. Uh, and I know it's, it's not really near anything, but it's kind of in between and on the way to certain places, or, or like you said, it's a perfect place to, if you can just wrap all that up in, in one day and you can leave and, and come back home in the same day from some some of these major cities in North and South Carolina and, and even Georgia um, and just make a day of it. I, I think it would be something that I would consider definitely doing it again. Um, you know, we're, I'm kind of far in, in Hilton head 
being three hours away, but you know, what's stopping me from taking one, one overnight stay just to do that, all that again would be a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, especially if you've got one of those, uh, those X fives to drive on that, on that trip again, uh, it's a, uh, it's a pleasant trip. It's definitely worthwhile. I mean, great golf, definitely one of, one of the courses that'll, that'll stick with me in terms of, you know, when you think back of like places that kind of blew your expectations away, it, it was one that definitely was a, a very nice uh, surprise and totally enjoyed it. For sure. So that kind of wraps up our trip. Uh, four days, four state parks, four golf courses. I was completely gassed. Once I got back home, we, we had about a three and a half hour trip from Chiral to back to Savannah airport, dropped Matt, Matt off. And he was on his way to family vacation up North. And I was on my way home to a seven month old and it was just a treat. Um, I completely having not really seen much of South Carolina, kind of like you outside of the coastal areas that everybody knows and everybody goes to. I have such an appreciation for the state and for its natural resources and its natural recreational offerings and activities. Um, something I really had no concept of before, but now as I'm driving, I, I drove a little bit over the weekend to go somewhere else up in North Carolina, but, uh, coming back, you see all these signs for different state parks. And it's like, I know they have good state parks. I wonder what that one's like. I wonder what this one's like. So it's, it's worth exploring some of these places that you may otherwise wouldn't. I hope Matt, you'll come back and, and we'll continue to, to play more around the state, or maybe we'll just go back to some of these places we, we love seeing. Yeah. Sign me up. If that's a, a glimpse into what South Carolina has to offer, which I think it definitely was, you know, a great insight into some of the variety. Uh, I am all on board for, for more of that and checking out more of uh, what S- SC has to offer. Cause it's uh it's pretty great. Definitely. Uh, definitely didn't know what to expect coming in and, you know, great experience all around. Great four days would recommend any of the different uh, components of the trip that we were able to check out, whether you can do half of it or just a quarter of it or, or, you know, any of it, um, go and check it out because it is, uh, it's definitely worth your time. Yeah. Thanks again to everyone who helped us put that together. Uh, thanks to Matt for coming along and taking such great, uh, imagery of our entire experience. Be sure to look out for the details on our trip coming up in the next issue of links. Follow us on social, follow Matt on all his social accounts because he is getting uh, assignments all over the place. You're going to see him, his name pop up and you're going to say, I know where I was when I heard a Matt Hans name on the Lynx Golf Podcast for the first time. Matt, thanks again. Look forward to catching up and, and playing with you again as well. And uh, in the meantime, take care and keep up the good work. Yeah, absolute pleasure. Thanks again for for having me. First uh, first podcast for me. So this is cool to oh. get to come on and share thoughts and, and talk about our trip. But uh, really enjoyed it. Um, a lot of great stuff going on at Lynx. So looking forward to seeing the article come out here in the next issue.